An insurance salesman and a car salesman walked into a bar. As a matter of fact, that's how all this began. Folks, welcome to Just the Tips with John and Andrew. Guys, uh, I'm your host, owner and operator of your local State Farm Agency here in Vincennes, Indiana, Andrew Hines. And folks, sitting next to me is my co-host, the youngest retiree in Knox County future, entrepreneur extraordinaire, still the thunder from down under with too many world records to count, my good friend John Yoakum. John, what is happening? I butchered that, but it's all good. It's all good. Nobody knows the difference, right? We're going three weeks in a row and you just still can't get the intro. I know. It's kind of crazy. Uh, (laughs) Seen a lot of each other over the last three weeks. Yeah, we have. have. (laughs) I like it though, man, being back in here each week. It is nice. It's kind of nice. Get that routine going a little bit. Exactly. It's been a minute. It has. Well, welcome to Just the Tips with John Andrew. We're glad you guys are joining us today. Uh, Today we are joined by our special guest, Eric Walters, Vice President of Lupio? Yeah, I mean, I've got questions about that, yeah. Um, And then also uh, owner of Timely Souls here in Vincennes, which we'll get into a little bit more. It's pretty cool. Most definitely. Most definitely. I'm excited because uh, this dude knows a lot about... Like algorithms and things that I think yeah. are just really interesting in this day and age and marketing yeah. and whatnot. So yeah, it's, it'll be it'll be good to to hear what he has to say. For yes, sure. yes. So go ahead, rip go off ahead. the band aid. Oh, with fantasy. Tell me how about I fantasy am football? one place away from making it to the playoffs. <laughs> I got knocked out, and I don't think I have a, a shot. And you know what? But that's okay. Yeah, it's it's been. <laughs> you you and I were up there, and then we, we both were. got beat last week. I, I still maintain second. That's um, nice. By like sixty points or something. Not very much. I'm, mm. I'm right there, but uh, all of a sudden, Tua a- just didn't show up for the game. He didn't. What no. is up with the Dolphins? They're was, stacked. Yeah, they, they should. I mean, I I, I like know. everything about the Dolphins, and they just did not show up it's at true. home. And you know, and Hill got hurt, mm. so we'll see how. That affects them. How many injuries? Like, I mean, so so I found myself getting rid of like Justin Herbert. You know, he's out, and then um, I'm and and then uh, just just injury nonstop. This whole season has been about injuries. Yes, and I can I can show you my teams, my fantasy teams, and basically like all the players that I have in my roster. um, that are playing um, are there. You look at my bench. Yeah. And they're all zeros. Isn't because that crazy? <laughs> they, they all are either hurt or that's like the father suddenly. Whatever it is, it's the, the father suddenly. There's nobody available. Well, I think we have. Do we have 14 teams? Yeah, we may have 14, which teams. is a lot. Yeah. So you have nobody available. No. You're taking like wide <laughs> wide receiver four. You yeah. Know what yeah. I mean? And hoping and, he gets a catch. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So it, I apologize for talking too much fantasy, but uh, this, it's that time of year. It is. It, it, it's yeah. crazy because too, just with injuries, you'll you know, uh, obviously they have the actuaries and everything else that right. determine how many points that these players may get are yeah. projected, um, and they may project you twelve, thirteen points on Wednesday, yeah. and then when it comes Saturday, they yeah. go from. This too questionable to maybe yeah. not playing, and then you, you, Sunday you wake up and you're like, "Oh crap, they're not playing at all." So and I need once to get again, else. Vegas still wins <laughs> at the end of the day. So it, it blows my mind. Speaking of Vegas stuff, yeah. you, um, have you noticed that every sports app now is getting into the betting? Yeah. Have you noticed that? Like, yeah. so ESPN who's left now? Has only one that's own. left is Yahoo. 
Yeah. Yahoo and, and, uh, just stays out probably, of the room. They probably will. They probably promote like MGM or something. They probably, you know that? Well, like, so uh, the other day I got on my ESPN app to see a score update um, and then to see what time the Colts were playing and whatever. And it had the odds uh, um, for the game. Yeah. And you could bet it right there from the ESPN app. So how like, weird is it that even just a few years ago – you know, the analysts would be talking about the sport in general. Right. Now you've got them all doing pick'ems. Yeah. You've got them all talking about, oh, the over on this game. The uh, I mean, they yeah. talk about betting. And just, I mean, uh, even Pete Rose is sitting there going, told you guys it was going to be legal at some point. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> still, still, the players the ball, can't. Though. The players <laughs> cannot bet, right? I mean, right. Uh, ask, ask Calvin Ridley. But, yeah. you know, that they cannot. But otherwise, and the referees everywhere. can't bet either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a few that got in trouble for that. Did reason, they really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of time. I mean, it's, I it's, it's unbelievable because at the end of the day, we love the sports. It's just entertainment. Well, and, and when you think about the business part of it is – um, who needs a casino now when you can do all your – you can do online poker, you can do online yeah. blackjack, you do online sports gambling, you do right. all that um, just by your phone. Yeah. But when you go to those states like Las Vegas, yeah. you can't do it on your phone right. in Las right. Vegas. Or if you're on <laughs> your way to reason. Florida and you go through a couple of states that don't have it, <laughs> yeah. you find out that you can't do anything. Yeah. You can't uh, do it. But, but you know, it originally, what did it start with? I mean, just kind of side bets and, yeah. and horses and, and other stuff. But now it is on everything. Yeah. So... Yeah, we we've created an interesting culture. It, it is, yeah, and I'm I'm tired of losing on my bets. So <laughs> right. <laughs> but, so let's uh, see what else. To, uh, what's all coming up? I mean, do you have anything as far as uh, college football is concerned? What, I mean, we we talked a little bit about it about that last week. Yeah. yeah. Got, so I mean, we've got time before be that games. hits. Yeah. You know, all the bowls. What about um, anything happening uh, coming up here in Knox County? I don't really have much. What are you doing honestly? for New Year's? I don't have any plans for this. There's, there's so, just a couple New Year's. So the Colts play New Year's Eve. Okay. Um, Are you hitting that so game? We're going to hit that game. Are up. you really good? Yep. Um, right. It's a one o'clock game, so I'll be back home around six. So we yep. don't we don't have any plans. Yeah. Um, I do. I did see that um, Kelso. I saw Kelso is having a, a little get together, and I don't know who else uh, yeah. is, but I know they are. I kind of expected heaps of jeeps to come out with something. Because right. <laughs> we did that last year, yeah. and, and this year we decided not to take on the the feat of having to. Plan it's a lot, party. right? It is. I mean, I, I asked uh, uh, Chris Hurdle today. I was asking about the hundred men that cooked. You remember that? Yeah. That was fun, right? They've and they have that. not done yeah. that. And so basically at this point, and it, and, and it came down to staffing, it came down to having enough people, and I started thinking about it. It takes a lot to it do does. this stuff, right? Yeah, it does. It's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, yeah. Everyone comes to the parties and sees the decorations and everything right. else, and that takes a lot of people to get done. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, you got to – if you're the – person or, or corporation or nonprofit putting it on, you got to determine, yeah. is it worth all we had to do yep. to get this? And uh, Yep. Or should so, we just make the donation and call that's, it a day? Because, because at the end of the day, what do you make off of it? Right. But it is fun. We love the entertainment Very as much. well. Yes. So um, anything else coming up? We've got Christmas coming up. We do. Have you got your shopping done? Why do you have to put me on? I was going to ask Dang you it. so I can go ahead and write these things down. I tell them <laughs> yeah. each year that ultimately, like, what are you getting, Casey? All right, I'll go ahead and order that. Yeah, don't ask and me that. I really she don't. Listen. She's our one of two listeners. So. Last night, I, yeah, right. The third. <laughs> 
third one's going to get angry at me. So, so I asked her last night. I said, "Hey, you know, um, the remodel in the basement is have Merry Christmas," mm. and she said, "Yeah, that no, that's mm. not going to work." Yeah. So I really, I always say I'm not the best father in the world, but I'm really not the best husband in the world, especially when it comes to gifts. Right. Well, here's the problem. You know, we all have this uh, thing, you know, called our phone where we shop online constantly. And so it used to be, you know, when you thought of something that you wanted, you're like, okay, I got Christmas coming up. I'm going to ask for it for Christmas. Yeah. But no, now it's, I want it now. I'm done. Oh, it's coming. It's it's coming tomorrow. (laughs) It'll be here tomorrow. So when it comes down to Christmas, then you find yourself, you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. What am I, what do you want? Oh, what, you just bought it last week. So yeah. I guess, I, is that your Christmas or do I have to find something else to do? And yeah. You know, so, whatever. so none of us at this table feel like Amazon just lives at our house or yeah. even now yeah. it is Sheen, not Sheen, uh, Sheen, not Sheen. It's Sheen. I've got to send you a, a, oh. an article on this, but unbelievable. You want to talk about algorithms, yeah. um, but the, how they operate. You is, got those packages coming to your house? John, too? it's nonstop. <laughs> and I finally started, I said, what, is there anything for guys on there? And she goes, she told me last night, she goes, yeah. And I said, uh, okay, next thing you know, I added 25 things on there because it costs like $27 for 25. I mean, it's yeah. so cheap. She's get my, my wife's been on it too. She, yes. Every other week we probably get tons of packages for me. And, and my daughter gets little outfits and stuff like that. And, yeah. and Casey's like, well, I had to get it. It was only like two dollars. It's five or ten bucks. <laughs> it's like, it's unbelievable. It is. That's a conversation for another time. But, but uh, ultimately, I well, the, how do you I, ship it from I, China? I need to send you this article because yeah. they actually have places here now. Uh, they actually have distribution in the states now. So that's that's a whole other ball game. But there is a little bit of uh, before it hits the runway, that type of thing. Sure. So I'll send you this article. <laughs> but no, I don't know what I'm getting. Let us know what you're getting for Casey. <laughs> when I say us, I mean me. So, so you ordered. Uh, you ordered. Stuff. Not yet. I mean, no. I don't. And did it's you, for the kids. Did you get the, the sparkly jackets. And definitely, stuff? definitely. <laughs> you got me to matching shoes and everything. Ah, <laughs> they've obviously not been to any any events with us. <laughs> so, uh, anything else you want to throw out there? Anything? Because we, what was the tip last week? What was what did um, what did Linda Weber throw out there? Did he throw anything out there at all? Because I know we addressed already what I had put out there. I don't think I, he did. Okay. I don't remember. So the only thing I had really for our for our tip this week, I thought it was interesting what I've run into where people throw out, uh, well, oh, I've worked in your industry. I know how it is. Sure. Nothing's worse than, remember, uh, what is it, WebMD? You know, nothing will tick off a doctor more than when you yeah. go in and you say, well, I already diagnosed myself on WebMD. I've already done sure. the research. Yeah. It ticks them off, right? Well, I think that's every industry. You know, when somebody came in with the auto or somebody comes in with the insurance and they say, oh, I worked in insurance. Right. Oh, so this week you've worked in insurance because it changes all the time. Mm-hmm. And they say, no, uh, 25 years ago I worked for such and such. Yeah. It's like, I promise you it's changed since then. With us, it was always, you know, I used to sell cars, so I know how this all works. So like, okay. Great. And I always find you know, that interesting. Works. So what I've trained my staff to do in, 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 in talking with them is that you can relate to people. But when you start trying to tell them that, uh, oh, well, I had a family member with cancer, so I understand exactly what you're going through right now. There's, it's one thing to relate, but you need to learn how to listen, right? Sure. So, so if, uh, what do they call it? Uh, not effectively listening, uh, engaged listening or whatnot. Um, it's, it's just being engaged in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting because I kind of ran into it recently with a couple cases where uh, individuals just try to throw out there, 
um, that they know exactly what they're talking about because they used to do it or whatever it may be. And yeah. it's and it really throws people off. It's frustrating. I, I, I agree. So. And we know with sales, it's not always about the product you're selling. It's about yeah. the relationship that you build with the customer. Most definitely. So a- actively listening with them and getting their needs and stuff um, and feeding off of that, you know, a lot of times will help that. Most definitely. So. So easy enough. Yep. That was from Lynn Weber, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what he told us. So, uh, so yeah. we try to take a tip from each show and then put it on the next one. Um, so do you have anything else you want to throw out there before we take a break? Um, one thing I had written down, uh, congratulations to Coach Franklin at Vincennes University Dude. for his 700th win. 700 That's a wins. lot of wins. He's played a little bit of basketball. A little bit. Been around a, a moment. His and response to me was that actually, I mean, for all of our 100,000 listeners, he said, just means I'm old. Right. And I and I was thinking, buddy, you 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 know that's that's a great feat. He's not that old. I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty quick to get. To you could play that many right. games and have three hundred wins. Yeah, right, right. And they wouldn't have you in the books at all. I guess that's probably right. at that point. So uh, yeah, definitely. Congratulations on the seven hundred wins. Um, VU's current record is eleven and one. So if you haven't, I think they're number three. They're number three in the country. So if you haven't gone out and seen a Vincent University basketball game, go out and see them because they're pretty impressive to watch. Awesome, awesome guys! You're listening to Just the Tips on ninety-seven-seven WAOV. We must take a break. Don't forget, like us and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Just the Tips with John and Andrew. We'll be right back with our guest, Eric Walters, owner of Timely Souls and vice president at Lupio. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time. Folks, welcome back to Just the Tips, a little holiday version. I like it. Guys, we are here with our guest, excited to introduce a friend of both John's and mine, a local entrepreneur, a student mm-hmm. of the game to a level I've never seen before, and I mean that with the utmost respect, the up-and-coming clock king. That'd be kind of a fun thing. Sneakerhead extraordinaire, the owner of Timely Souls. And Vice President of Lupio, Mr. Eric Walters. Welcome. Hey, Welcome what's up, guys? Yeah, good to be here. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thank you very much. So do me a favor. We do this with all of our guests. We start yeah. at the beginning. Um, you're not from here. I'm not from here. No. Rest are from here. But yeah. hey, uh, tell me, how did you get into all of this? Where did you begin? To get to Vincennes? Sure. Okay, right. We can start with the Red Sox and the <laughs> Patriots. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I grew up in Georgia and uh, lived there for about uh, 20 years. Uh, I actually ended up at a boarding school in Western North Carolina, though. Um, my uh, my parents like weren't super excited about the school system in North Atlanta where I lived, so they were like, you know, we're going to send you to a little better school, and um, you know, small com- uh, small school called the Asheville School in Western North Carolina, about 200 students. Uh, so I started there in '96, and um, it is co-ed though, right? So I was still hanging out with girls like on the campus, <laughs> yeah. which was uh, very interesting. Um, 
so I was there for four years, and uh, my dad actually uh, went to college in the Northeast, uh, uh, Trinity College in Connecticut. So he had kind of taken me up on some trips when I was a, a young kid, like 11 or 12, to the Northeast to like visit colleges and like influence me to go to school up in the Northeast because he loved it so much. So I ended up going to Boston University. Okay. Uh, so uh, graduated with a management degree there in '04. Stuck around, um, and you know the coolest thing about BU was like literally the campus was right next to Fenway Park. Mm. Uh, so I remember when I visited um, for a freshman year orientation. Um, it was the summer of 2000, and um, we were there just for the weekend. Mm. And I, w- I just met like a few guys, literally for the first time. We were all from different parts of the country, and we said, "What are we going to do tonight?" Because they kind of just let you do whatever. And we said, you know what? The uh, Red Sox are in town. Let's walk down to Fenway and see if we can catch a game. Can you imagine that? So we just walked down to Fenway. We literally just walked tonight. down. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So um, yeah, and yeah, I was a huge baseball fan. Yeah. Um, played baseball in high school. And you got Cheers right there too, right? Cheers, I mean, Cheers on. is there, but not the traditional Cheers you see from the TV right. show, right? Okay. It's like kind of a fake Cheers. Is it? <laughs> but uh, they actually did make a replica Cheers because uh, tourists were so disappointed uh, yeah. with the. <laughs> Um, So anyways, we we walked down to Fenway, and uh, we scalped tickets uh, right on Yawkey Way there. $20 for uh, a ticket in the bleachers to watch. I think it was like the Tampa Bay Rays that were in town. Um, And so we got to watch a game. I can't remember if they won or lost, but we we won in life, right? Because we got to watch the Red Sox, and we were like, you know, kind of starting our college lives Scalping was the original tick pick. I mean, like, you know, you didn't have any of these apps. So right. you had to oh, get yeah. it from the guy oh, yeah. right, right there. It's the only way to get tickets. Yeah. And, and it's also, too, it was, beca- it was before the Red Sox got insanely popular. Mm. And uh, so you could go down and you they could, you could get a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. You could get a ticket. You could, buy, you could get it for 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, fast forward like two or three years later when they were getting super competitive and yeah. then they went on to you know, win the World Series in 04. Um, yeah, it was just impossible to go down and get anything for less than a hundred dollars as a scalper. You right. know, trying to get into the into the bleachers. So, but anyways, um, long story short, graduated there, started you know job right out of school in sales, and um, you know met uh, my future wife uh, Rachel uh, in two thousand seven. Where's she from? Uh, she's from this these parts. Hey! Which is a, <laughs> spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Yeah. Right? So. Um, that, that may be how I ended up back here, but, uh, so yeah, so we ended up getting married in 09. We actually got married in Bloomington. Oh, okay. uh, so I got oh, married cool. in these parts, which is kind of crazy because her whole family is Purdue. Oh. Uh, and we were right next to the IU campus. We had to drag <laughs> them into the church. Um, so, but, uh, that, that was, that was cool. Um, yeah, so we, we ended up, uh, moving out here about a year and a half ago because, uh, Rachel, um, had always been a stay-at-home mom, uh, but she wanted to, you know, kind of fulfill that purpose in life. So she went back to school to become a nurse at uh, the um, uh, Massachusetts General Hospital uh, nursing program. And she got a job out here at uh, Good Sam yeah. as an ER nurse. Uh, so we moved out here, sold our house in April of last year, and uh, got here in June um, uh, last year. So and uh, so far, so good. What kind of culture shock does one have coming yeah. from? All of that is at your fingertips in Boston, which, I mean, Indy, any of these places, and yeah. then you come to small-town America. Yeah. You, you've handled well, it well, Eric. You know I what? Because I can only imagine. <laughs> well, you, you know, I knew exactly what I was getting into. Yeah, right, um, right. I definitely knew what I was getting into because, uh, you know, I had known Rachel at that point for 12 years or so, and we came out here at least once or twice a year to spend time with her parents. Mm-hmm. and. 
her her parents live in a much more rural area than Vincennes, yeah. right? So this is actually the big city, yeah, uh, compared to I like what it. I was used to. So I, I was like. Man, there's a Lowe's. There's a Lowe's here. That's cool. All right, yeah. let's, let's do it. Good point. Very good point. Because I know where they're at. So. <laughs> well, cool. So, so you uh, you have to tell us uh, what's Lupio. What yeah. Is yeah. So w- within the business world, there's um, you know a sector of technology called software as a service, right? So um, when Salesforce became a really big company right. in the early 2000s, they kind of invented the this. Uh, uh, way to deliver software through the internet, right? Because previously, like Microsoft got so big and Oracle got so big because yeah. you know they they built software and you installed the software like at your you know corporate headquarters and like we all remember the days of using like America Online and you had a CD right sure, and you had to sure. install mm-hmm. the software. It's still your a running joke in our marketing class. Those <laughs> kids have no clue, right? <laughs> yeah. How many people do you know still these days have an AOL email address, right? I mean, you know, like, amazingly enough, it still exists. I know, and I do it still exists. I mean, I've got a Yahoo and I chuckle at that. I chuckle at so, Yahoo. That's, <laughs> yeah. I have Yahoo. There's still <laughs> AOL email addresses. And out that's there, true. Right? It is. And so, Hotmail. Yeah, Hotmail is yeah. cool. I mean, like so, that was cool. So like there there was this invention that Salesforce kind of pioneered, which is like, hey, you know, we're not going to ask you to install something on your computer. We're actually going to build it in a server in the cloud, and you'll access it through the internet. Right. Um, and obviously, like, Amazon is a, is the biggest cloud provider in the world with Amazon Web Services. So anyways, like, my company, Lupio, um, we deliver our software through the internet, right? So you just access it through a web address. And what it does is it helps uh, companies, primarily banks, uh, insurance, large insurance companies, mm. Uh, professional services like business services firms and large software companies to automate the response process. So what does that mean? Like a lot of these companies in 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 the business-to-business world will conduct business inquiries through what's called requests for proposals, requests for information. So, for example, um, you know, I'm, I'm a software company, mm-hmm. and I want a new uh, system to manage my human resources. Mm-hmm. What I'll do is I'll, I'll pull together a questionnaire of like three or 400 questions that I want answered to qualify uh, HR software companies to potentially win my business. And the, the pain that Lupio solves in that process is that companies get hundreds or thousands of these RFPs every year. And many of them are repetitive. Like these companies are all asking the same general questions about a company. Mm. And so our software pulls that content into uh, a repository and it automates the whole process of like, Mm. you just click a button and the RFP gets done faster. So Mm -hmm. you're able to save time, improve quality, improve win rates. And uh, and companies pay money for that efficiency that we produce for their business. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's basically what it is. And I run um, uh, our large enterprise software team. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You said insurance. (laughs) Uh, Ever work with any other insurance companies? Maybe you can give me some insight (laughs) on these guys. Um, So so what kind of questions do you got for? So uh, with with the software and stuff, does it have to do with, like I know with um, in the automobile industry, we get Mm. uh, leads all the time and then we have an automated response go out to the customer Mm -hmm. to kind of, we always say stop the clock, basically. Mm. Like you got the response to them quick. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that kind of what your program does or is it different than that? Yeah, yeah, it, it's a great point, right? So th- there's different forms of response, and, and we would call that informal response, okay. which is like you just got kind of like a single inquiry from a prospective customer that's sure. come in, and 
um, what's a little bit different about our software is like typically that inquiry will come in with like a question about like for example in in a in the car world it could be like the spec on a particular car like yeah. does it have this or that or, or is this even an option that's available um, that knowledge typically sits in like a database somewhere or in you know one of your salesperson's head mm-hmm. but let's say for example mm-hmm. you have a new salesperson that comes into the dealership that doesn't know the answer to that question and they may need to like call someone else or like search through a database that they may not have been trained on you know, very simple use case for our software is like they can access Lupio in the sales knowledge database and find the answer to that question without having to ask for it or wonder if they're getting like the latest and greatest answer. And they can respond to the customer like directly, which builds confidence in, you know, the prospective customer and like the salesperson knows what they're talking about, which will keep them more engaged to maybe finish out that sales process. So like, it's kind of like a basic example of what we could do. So it sounds a lot like uh, AI, kind of how things Mm -hmm. are going now. Is that kind of what you guys use or? Yeah. So like the open AI platform is, definitely something that we've built into our software um, because um, where where our software uh, thrives pr- prior like OpenAI would be like you've completed X number of proposals and you're able to automate the response to future proposals because the same question has been asked in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say, for example, that a new question is asked that may incorporate um, three or four previous answers that you've provided mm-hmm. to previous RFPs. That's where our software uh, historically wouldn't perform very well, but with an open AI integration, yeah. we're able to use that algorithm and open mm-hmm. AI to scan the content to actually um, write a brand new answer to a question that may be the result of like three or four answers that you provided in the past. So <laughs> it's actually it's saving our customers a lot of time and, and we're very much like into um, in like adopting AI on behalf of our customers in like a very safe way because we're like an enterprise grade software. So they can buy our technology off the shelf. They're getting enterprise grade AI um, along with all the security that we provide at the same time, which is hugely important. Nice. We've actually got to take a quick break. Uh, I apologize. We're going to come back to that. That's good information. Guys, you are listening to Just Tips with John and Andrew. Don't forget, like us and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Just the Tips with John and Andrew. We'll be right back with our guest, Eric Walters, owner of Timely Souls and vice president at Lupio. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. The most wonderful time. Folks, welcome back to Just the Tips with John and Andrew. Guys, if you can't tell, Scott's already in the mood for the holidays. I like Why it, not? Scott. I appreciate it. Yeah. I can name all these songs. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, uh, again, we are back with Eric Walters, owner of Timely Souls and vice president <laughs> at Lupio. And, you know, getting to know Eric a little bit over the past year, um, his interest in, in uh, algorithms and finding out what works for the customer and how to reach out to future customers and whatnot. I, I've found it interesting how you've even gotten into Timely Souls and mm-hmm. and in this type of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't mind, if, if we can kind of move our way over to that business. Yeah. So what is it? How did you get started with it? And how's it growing? Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely my passion, for sure. Um, so I'm a sneakerhead. And for those that may not know what a sneakerhead is, it's someone that loves sneakers. 
And um, I'm also a huge fan of luxury watches, right? And um, I've combined both of them into Timely Souls, right, based on my passion. And basically what Timely Souls is, like, we thoughtfully um, and tastefully pair sneakers and watches for customers to be distinctive, have fun, and look good, of course, uh, for any of three occasions, uh, business trips uh, and, and date nights and big events, and if you think about like the opportunity to combine a watch and a sneaker and just like the common design themes, the values, the histories between the two, and of course the colorways, there's a lot of exciting things that you can do when you combine, when you combine the right sneaker and watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really just kind of try to tell like epic stories about the combinations of the two. Um, and that's really like what fuels the passion at Timely Souls. And, uh, and I love to also say that like Timely Souls is where time meets style. There it is. Yeah. There it is. On your site, do you put that out there? Oh, 100%. Come on. (laughs) So what what I like is you take your passion, you're putting it to use, but um, you're, I mean, how, how many people are really doing something like this? Yeah, so there there's a ton of sneaker. We're not heads. pairing wine with with food. Yeah. I mean this this is a whole different dynamic. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so th- there's a lot of people that love sneakers, yeah. right? So I've I've I have attended many sneaker conventions um, as like an attendee, and I've also set up tables at sneaker shows quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've uh, there's a ton of jewelers and watch enthusiasts and watch collectors and traders out there. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is that like each of these areas of interest also have um, like complementary interests as well. Mm. So, um, you know, typically if you love sneakers, um, you also love like basketball, right? And so right. like you'll typically right. combine those two passions. Um, if you love like high-end watches, you typically also like exotic cars. Mm. Um, and there's actually a lot of interest in carryover between um, the everyday carry world and luxury watches as well, right? So a lot of people that are into like Breitling watches, Omega watches are also everyday carry enthusiasts. So w- what's interesting is like you, th- as you think about like breaking into these markets, mm-hmm. you, th- there's, um, there's things that you can do as like a watch trader to not only like sell directly to people that want to buy luxury watches, but you also like break into finding, for example, like everyday carry groups on Facebook or, um, exotic car meetup groups locally. And you typically will find, within those groups, people that also love luxury watches, but you may not have found them otherwise, right? And so it's just how can you like kind of cross-pollinate your business, if you will? And so that's how, that's like the concept that I came up with with Timely Souls. It's like, all right, I love sneakers, I love watches, like, and there's so many amazing things that you can do when you combine the right sneaker and watch. And, And so my interest in like growing that business is like taking people that love sneakers, upgrading them into a watch, um, people that love watches, upgrading them into a sneaker, and then eventually, I also intend to bring in exotic cars into this, and into like as like kind of the third leg of the stool, if you will, around the business, and like recycle customers across all three of those segments. Everybody likes a repeat customer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Through um, uh, through uh, uh, ultimately, like where I want to take the business, which yeah. is kind of creating my own software as a service platform. Interesting. Yeah. How do you go about, you know, like, uh, you've got some great stuff on your website. You show the different combinations and everything. How do you go about getting the inventory and then knowing kind of the values of it, too? Because, yeah. like, a lot of the stuff, when I think of buying sneakers, mm. I buy new sneakers, mm-hmm. you know, from mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yours aren't necessarily always new, right? Some of them, are they, are they or are they new? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, 
the sneakers are like probably ninety five percent new. Okay. Um, and I think you know there there is a market for used sneakers out there. It's typical in like the very high end of sneakers, um, like the rarer sneakers. And, and typically, they need to be like very lightly worn, right? They need right. to be in like pass as dead stock condition, and like dead stock is like unworn, right? Is right. like kind of the term in sneaker world. Um, and, and I actually do own, I think, probably one or two pairs of like gently used sneakers, and, and I've got some like funny stories around that. If we want to get into it, event <laughs> at some point, I don't know how much time we have. Um, the the luxury watches are all used. Right, uh-huh. and, and the point around luxury watches, and John, like you'll, you'll know this obviously from your time in like automobiles and stuff, yeah. is like when, when, like when you buy like a car, when you buy a watch at like an authorized dealer, it's X price, and then it depreciates For over sure. time, right? Now, the interesting thing about watches is that like the minute you walk a watch out of an authorized dealer, it depreciates significantly, um, upwards of eighty percent. Wow. And so there's um, there's an, there's a market out there where you can actually like if you know the right brands and you know the the right um, you know the right prices to target on those brands, you can um, capture really good buys in the luxury watch market, and and you as you can use your sales and your marketing skills to then resell it on the open market for a profit. But and, would you and, almost yeah. relate it to like a stock that you mm. catch it on either a downtrend and then but. If if one was to market a stock, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, a stock obviously nobody really typically puts out a billboard or puts out a mm-hmm. uh, publish, uh, uh, you know, something about it. Mm-hmm. But you, on the other hand, you may catch it when it's at a certain amount, mm-hmm. and then you figure how to pair it or turn it around and make it marketable. Yeah, <clears throat> the difference between a, a stock and a watch is that, um, like, w- with a watch. Because of the what it what goes into it, right? The raw materials, right. the the precious metals that go into the right luxury watches, you you are able to understand like what is the bottom cash value of that watch, like that it will never go below, right? Uh-huh. And like a, a stock, you can't ever guarantee that a stock will never go below a certain price. So you can't yeah, you right. can guarantee that with the with the right luxury watch, really? <laughs> absolutely. Okay. So as as a professional trader, right. and, and, and think about it. Like, have you ever met a poor jeweler? Yeah. Right. Like, right. jewelers are bankers. They don't sell jewelry. They are bankers. Jewelry like is an, is an exchange <laughs> of goods, right? Yeah. So, like, jewelers jewelers know this. Um, secret, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, y- you can learn this secret as well, and you understand what are the right prices to buy certain watches at that can, that, you know, provides like a very, um, very minimal downside risk to your exposure, but you have very nice upside potential because you've bought it correctly, and then you use your sales and your marketing skills to market it and sell it correctly to then capture the profit, right? And so um, there's different markets. You can can go on Facebook Marketplace. You can go on Chrono24, eBay. Those are very common places to, like, find deals from, like, retail sellers that really don't know what they're doing. Mm. And then you can also um, import, right? So there's like pricing arbitrage and like international markets that you can take advantage of here in the States to be able to like run a profitable trade. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Like I said, he goes deep. He does. He does. And he mentioned eBay just now. Yeah. And I actually just read your newsletter that came out to my email today about eBay. I got one. I thought it was catered to me. Lord. And it was, it was, uh, it's great timing that you talked about the dunks because it seems like every kid um, in Mm. school right now, they all want dunks for Christmas. And uh, so, and, 
when I look <laughs> at them, they kind of look a lot like Jordans. Aiden didn't like them. Really? I tried to get them a pair like that, like with the green. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. popular. Obviously. So, what's the significance mm-hmm. of them, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. why are why are they coming back out? It's like we're going all retro again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we went we ran through this like absolutely incredible wave uh, during COVID when everybody was at home, and we had. Um, just like extra income and sneakers became extremely hot, like kind of almost anything, right? And prices mm-hmm. skyrocketed on sneakers. And you saw really pr- like any Jordan brand, any like Yeezy brand, just carrying like, ex- you know, significant multiples over their retail price. And this is actually kind of when I got really excited about reselling sneakers because it was really easy to make money back in that time. Mm. Um, it's harder today, like the margins are much thinner. But anyways, um, the the Nike Dunk is obviously like it, it's a classic silhouette. It's a simple silhouette. It's also a very attractive like entry level price for a sneaker. Like right. you can get them for like a a, a kid's grade school uh, grade school size for under hundred dollars. Oh, gotcha. You can get the adult um, Nike Dunks for you know up to one hundred and fifty dollars. Even on the resale market, up to one hundred and fifty dollars, right? And if you can catch them retail, it's like 110, 115. So it's a very affordable sneaker. It's also a very, very clean silhouette, right? And you've got like the, the swoosh on the side. Mm-hmm. It's a nice low top. You know, I mean, it's an amazing summer shoe, but it's also a super versatile shoe year round, right? It looks good with jeans. And you can get it in like almost any color, right? Yeah. Like, so there's like yeah, colors exactly. that attract the kid, the yep. girls, there's colors that attract the boys. Yep. And then you've got colors that are actually specifically designed. Um, to reflect like colleges and universities, right? So there's like a Kentucky blue colorway. There's yeah. a Ohio State colorway. There's like a Michigan colorway. There's a Syracuse Gosh, colorway. You're missing one. Nike was really good about coming out with a Penn State one, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah awesome. so I, I think that's why it's it's so popular. Um, and it's actually with um, with kind of the wave of the prices that escalated so high during COVID. Um, the the dunks are probably the the only ones that have like still. Been been consistently reselling um, because it, it it has become harder to become a reseller in today's market for sure. Interesting. And my son is the one who really started showing me all the, the Jordans that he really likes and mm-hmm. and different things. And good lord, there's so many. I, I guess yeah, there sitting are. there and going through all of these, he's so yeah. particular about the different color schemes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and the and the specific Jordans. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. I did is I tried to grab like a, a retro, a, a mm-hmm. kind of a classic one, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then grab kind of a futuristic mm-hmm. one. You know, when the first time I ever saw a Yeezy was was you coming down to our pool area mm. with your sl- slides. And I was like, what sure. moon shoe is this man wearing? <laughs> and next thing you know, I started seeing a, a several of them. Right. And so, I mean, what is the hype around some of these things? Is it mm-hmm. is it just supply and demand? Or is yeah. it really just, I mean, people love them. Yeah. Is there a major comfort to those? Is there really? Are they that good compared to a croc? Uh Crocs are Crocs are the ugliest shoes ever. <laughs> do not wear a Croc around do me. Not do it. I do love not wear it. a Croc. Yeah. All right. So yeah, no, they're um, they're very like innovative in terms of the use of material. Like the, a lot of the Yeezys are also made in the U.S. Right. So like that's also something that's pretty cool about sneakers that you don't see um, around these days. Um, but yeah, in, in general, like the. Um, the the Yeezy colorways like the the Jordan colorways are all like very interesting, um, and and so like the the Yeezys in particular like the, those that I think I had were um, like the runners and there's a lot of interesting colorways around that as well and I'm actually thinking about 
um, and, and have been working with some potential uh, watch manufacturers around some pairings with those. In fact, uh, so I actually recently picked up a pair of Moon Gray uh, Yeezy foam runners, mm. and um, and there's actually like so many interesting things you can do with that with that uh, like it's kind of like what you call a mule, mm. um, but uh, with that sneaker. And um, and some other brands that also like design their watches around space exploration, right? See, so I'm there's actually you, I could pair <laughs> bourbons with all these. Yeah, right? they, oh, totally they, you know, around yeah, the totally mule. Good. Come on, yeah. But but that's that's <laughs> interesting. About, uh, so so that's what you're tying together. You, yeah. You've had some great newsletters. You've had some great mm-hmm. uh, explanations for each of these. Mm-hmm. What's your latest? You mentioned the dunks. Is that yeah, the eBay dunks. Is, yeah. So uh, <laughs> what what anything else that you want to throw out there? Because actually, we've got some questions for we you. Do. We do. Okay. We we we've done this. Yeah. maybe twice where we skip through commercials so yep. thank you scott yeah because it's interesting stuff so yeah, yeah is yeah. there uh what's your latest with yeah so so actually um i i have i haven't rolled this one out yet but it's going to come out next week and it's a really cool pairing right um so uh the the last daniel craig james bond movie no time to die mm-hmm. right um uh, he designed a watch specifically for that movie the no the no time to die omega 300 meters seamaster and it's a beautiful watch. It's like a, it's a brown dial, titanium uh, bracelet, uh, very very slick, very lightweight. Actually, lighter than the typical Omega Seamaster. Uh, um, and that was by request of Daniel Craig, um, because as like an international spy, you want something a little bit lighter on your wrist. Wrist. Um, so he was personally involved in designing that watch. Um, he also wore um, a Danner boot. In the, in the movie No Time to Die as well. And so Danner actually makes these tactical boots that um, he used in, like, one of the final scenes of the movie uh, when he was on that island um, with, like, the mad scientist dude. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I actually I have um, – I, I re- actually recently sold, but I had that uh, No Time to Die Omega Seamaster. I ask you, I had the, the Danner tactical boots. I actually bought them on eBay. And, um, and I recently combined the two of them, and I, and I wore the same outfit that Daniel Craig wore in the <laughs> final scene of that movie mm-hmm. for the photo shoot. And so I'm actually going to be featuring this in my newsletter that will come out next week, me kind of pairing the, the watch and the sneaker together with, like, that celebrity tie-in of Daniel Craig. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a really cool um, story. Um, because I think it's obviously like Daniel Craig did an amazing job playing James Bond, right? I think we all acknowledge that. He definitely like brought the franchise to like a pretty, pretty Very amazing so. level. And, uh, and the No Time to Die movie was really good. And, and so to be able to kind of take this epic watch and this boot and tell the story of like No Time to Die and like Daniel Craig's role and the impact he had on James Bond. And that's kind of like what I wrap into my stories. It's like I, I try to make it interesting, right? Because like you could you could very easily just be like, oh, I'm going to put a brown watch with a brown sneaker and sure. here we go, right? You could do that. But w- what I try to do is I try to go to like a deeper level and like tell a story. What vehicle did you use with it? What vehicle? Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't, he, oh. D- D- Daniel Craig didn't have a vehicle, right? He, did he not? N- n- not? Not in the final scene. He, well, he, he, had, oh, he, he had the Aston Martin, of course. Yeah. Right. There you go. He, he's obviously like an Aston Martin guy, like the Vantage, uh, you know, Aston Martin, all that type of stuff. But uh, he definitely was driving that early in the movie, but yeah. not at the end of the movie. Okay. Which, which was the scenes that I was kind of like reenacting in my photos. And we'll, we'll have some photos of that coming out in the newsletter uh, yeah. next week. Nice. We'll talk more about it. What you got? Very good. All right. So we got the quick fire round. Yeah, Normal we normally kind of go into segment, the last segment. Yeah, yeah, normally we're coming back for break. For but I got some quick questions for you. And, okay. uh, all right. First question. Everyone knows what I'm going to be asking. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I see what it is already. So yeah, you do because every text is green. Yep. Uh, so, uh, are you an iPhone or Android user? Android. 
What is the reasoning for that? Uh, I don't want to be tracked by my wife. Ah. Yeah, I don't want to be on Find a Friend. The, the, thi- the thing that like really annoys me is that like my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my wife, and my daughter like all are obsessed with Find a Friend and like knowing where everybody uh-huh. is at every second. What is that? Is that because I know Find a Phone? Find my phone. No, what f- is f- Find a Friend? What so is that? F- find a Friend is like an app on on your yeah. iPhone is that like where 360? it's like. I I don't know. Like so I'm an Android guy, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, so like. But basically, I don't like. I, I kind of hate. I, I prefer the analog life. I miss the analog right. life, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's kind of like why you'll never see me wearing an Apple Watch or an Android Watch or whatever. Yeah, I'm an Android guy because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> there, there might be some Apple Watches in the studio. Like, <laughs> but uh, no, I I don't want to. I, I don't. It kind of like annoys me when it's like, oh hey, you're at the grocery store. What are you buying? Like, I, I just yeah. don't want those type of like like Big Brother things happening. So, yeah, guess, N- not right. that I'm trying to get away with anything. Yeah, right, gotcha. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> on the next one, no. Uh, would you rather call or text someone? Call. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that definitely. Goes, my in, 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 in my wife actually would say text, and so you know we we try to work through that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm wrong on every guess. <laughs> yeah, no, like, 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 uh, cause the yeah. ones that I, I call, they're get they yeah. get on the show and they're like, yeah, I really prefer text. And I'm like, gosh. Uh, and then Eric, who I texted, he's like, I'd prefer a phone call. I screwed all up. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, obviously you, you're pretty much running two businesses right now. Are you an early mm. riser or a late nighter? hundred percent early riser. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I work out at um, CrossFit 812. I'm at the 5.30 a.m. class every day. Uh-huh. It's an awesome group there. Definitely check it out. Um, so, yeah, I'm up at 5 a.m. every day. And then on, even on the weekends, like, I really can't sleep past 6 because I just have, like, so much to do. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm always up and working. And then, like, you know, I'm a dad and a husband, too, right? So, so I have to, like, get up or else, like, right. nothing's going to happen. Right. You know? So then what time do you go to bed? Try, I try to get to bed like on, on a weeknight, like between like nine to nine thirty. Okay. Um, or on the weekends, like I'll typically just like pass out at eleven if I can stay up that long. Yeah, it just depends like how involved I am in doing something. If my mind is like racing and I'm into something, I can stay up later. But right. if I'm just hanging out, I'll pass out. You'd have to go to bed pretty early to get up at five. Everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Next question I got. Uh, what is your favorite shoe? I know you sell them all, but being, what is your being favorite? Being a shoe head, this ought to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a great question. Um, and, and, like, the answer has probably evolved over time, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, cause when I first – like, my first sneakers were Jordans, right? Yeah. Uh, my very first sneaker was actually a Jordan 7, the Olympic Jordan, right? So back in 92 when, you know, the Dream Team came about – um, you know, Nike made a Jordan for Michael that he wore in the Olympics, and that was like my first Jordan, and it was freaking awesome. And I still remember it. it had the number nine on the back, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, there, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what you do as, as a kid. With I know, sneakers, but I right? call, all my sons now we hang on to. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a different world now yeah. too, you know. So, um, so I'd say like for, from like um. Uh, a nostalgia standpoint, probably the Jordan Seven, like the Olympic Jordan Seven, just because I I so still remember polishing those. Now, yeah, so you, um, Nike retros sneakers, okay. um, and they retroed those in I think 2012. Uh, so you can buy them um, on like a, a third party app like StockX or Goat or something. They're they're expensive. That you'll have to pay like four or five hundred bucks for them. Wow. 
Um, and, and I just haven't, you know, pulled the trigger on it. Okay. Um, so yeah, probably like probably that one. Yeah, probably it's probably my favorite, even though I don't own it today. But it's just a nostalgia thing. Nice. So my next question would be, since you do shoes and watches, mm-hmm. what's your favorite watch? Yeah, absolutely. So um, probably a Hublot. Um, so which is it's like H U B L O T. John talks about them all the time. He's got how many Hublot? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got, we, we are really boring. We are. I, you, you feel like I got fossil and Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All good. All good. So so Hublot was actually um, it was founded by uh, Carlo Crocco back in like the mid '80s. So it's kind of a newer brand. It's a, it's a Swiss brand. And and they're actually um, known for being like the first watch brand to fuse uh, precious metals and rubber in their in their mm-hmm. watches, right? So they have like very in, they have a lot of innovation mm-hmm. and a, and just a ton of creativity in the way that they design their watches. And so like their Mecca Ten line is just absolutely beautiful. It's a it's a skeleton uh, case back and a skeleton dial, so you can literally see all the gears and it's an automatic movement. It's not run off of a battery or anything like that. So it's literally like a precision instrument on your wrist nice. and you can see it like you can see, um, the gears running across like the seconds hand. And like, if you, if you have like a, you know, cr- a chronograph, you see that running as well. It's like just a, a beautifully designed watch. And, um, you know, d- w- one that I owned, uh, but it was not to like for myself is more to trade in and out of it. But I was able to wear it for about like six weeks. And I really enjoyed that for sure. Mm-hmm. I-, I would love to own one again. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you. That concludes, that concludes my quick fire round since we're running out of time. I know I'm so uh, sorry. Yeah. you've got a great business that you're starting up here. Mm-hmm. You probably want to you know, do some shout outs uh, to everyone listening about where to find you and how to uh, learn more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you've made it this far listening to us, thank you. <laughs> appreciate it. Um, all hundred, You said 100,000, right? Our, our mothers texted us. <laughs> we greatly appreciated you attending today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, hey, yeah. g- g- gotta love moms. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you can check out our website. Uh, so Timely Souls, so T-I-M-E-L-Y, S-O-L-E-S dot com. That's the website. Uh, and you can access like all my social media directly from my website. So like I have a Twitter, I have a, a TikTok. Um, a YouTube channel, uh, Instagram. So like I'm, I'm kind of all over the place there. You can definitely follow me. Um, and then, you know, shout out to the Pantheon as well. Like I, I do, you know, a lot of my work, uh, there at the Pantheon. Um, you know, I've worked with, uh, Matt Ramsey and like Optiviz media there, uh, for like a videography and photography, uh, Chris Kaufman and like impact marketing services has helped me with social media stuff. Carrie Lane's helped me like kind of make connections. Uh, so definitely another shout out for the Pantheon and what they've done locally for business. Cool. All right, guys. Remember, our goal on the show is to bring business owners, leaders, entrepreneurs to our Yes 100,000 listeners with their tips and learning moments from business. You'll hear about community happenings and events that you may be interested in or at least hopefully entertain you. We want to thank our guest, Eric Walters, owner of Timely Souls and vice president of Lupio, for joining us today and all of you who tuned in for the show. Please don't forget, put us on your calendar every week on Wednesday at 3 p.m. or catch us live on Facebook. Until next time, from Just the Tips, I'm John Yoakum. And I'm Andrew Hines. Folks, have a wonderful wonderful week.